What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. Uh, I'm Tyler. Here with me on the other end of the line, as he is each and every week, is my co-host, Curtis. And uh, just a quick heads up, guys, uh, before we get rolling here. I literally was just telling Curtis, I called him here, just rolled in right now from Baton Rouge. I take the, the rental car back and just walked in the door. So uh, I apologize ahead of time if my uh, thoughts aren't entirely coherent here. Uh, but uh, obviously still processing a lot of what we saw on Saturday. But we'll do our best here today to give you guys our take on what we saw down uh, in Baton Rouge yesterday. It was not pretty, Kurt, was it, to say the least? Um, no, not at all. I mean, it was it, – it had a it, okay. It was, so it wasn't as bad as the uh, the Auburn beat down a year ago, right? It, it didn't like, kind of get away from us that badly. But for a minute, at least in the second quarter, it kind of had that feeling, did it not? It did for a while. Um, to me, mainly in the uh, the end of the second quarter and really the fourth quarter. We just, I mean, Kirby said in the post game press conference. I listened to that as I was coming home today. I just, I he he was exactly right. Like we just could not get anything at all going in the second quarter. The second quarter is really where it got away from us. We started the first couple drives pretty well offensively. I mean, we were at least moving the football. We didn't finish like we needed to finish, but we had some good things going offensively the first couple of drives. And then really after the fake punt, it kind of just spiraled down, or the fake field goal spiraled out of control from there. And we never, we obviously never recovered. We kind of stabilized to a degree there late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, and then we kind of just let it fall apart yet again. But, I mean, all around, it was uh, – it was an ugly performance. Um, there's there's nothing more needs to be said other than that. It was just a flat out ugly performance. But let's go ahead and, and we got a lot to dig into, uh, in a more from a more specific standpoint here, Kurt. And I'm gonna let you kind of open this up here. What you know, looking at that game, seeing that game, we were both there in that stadium. A lot of there's a lot of red there, um, but obviously we all went home uh, not feeling as great as we were hoping to feel. But where do you want to start this? Where do you want to take this from at the top? Um, you know, the biggest thing that I hear a lot of what um people are saying is that we were completely outcoached and I want to open up with that because right, you know I, I want to give credit to LSU especially offensively I thought they had a great game plan you and I walked in the stadium we're talking about how we only traveled eight D linemen and LSU had a great game plan going with a hurry up um, a lot of time not allowing us to rotate so I mean I, you know I want to get like I said I want to give them credit for you know having a good game plan and executing it but the realistic the fact of the matter is we don't know how well our game plan would have been if our players would have actually gone out there and executed and been mistake free more like LSU was and when you fall behind as early as we did on the road in an incredibly hostile environment like that it becomes very difficult to you, you have to, I don't want to say necessarily difficult to call a game it does become difficult to call a game but you have to somewhat stray from your original game plan do you not well yeah and then not only that but when you I mean it does, like it, uh, for the second quarter, especially, it felt like no matter what plays we called, especially when it came to passing, Jake was not – I, I had no confidence. Let's talk about Jake Fromm here for a minute, uh, actually for more than a minute. Uh, you guys know, I, I and I made no – I mean, I made no bones about this. I, I, I for a long time thought and – and I've probably been the, the captain of his fan club. Um, I, I, I can own that for real. Uh, but, but I think the guy has – from day one, done an outstanding job for us. I think he's gotten some unfair criticism along the way because you had people that were in the Easton camp, people in the Fields camp, so on and so forth. And so he's kind of had it from all different sides and people kind of nitpick at every little thing. But I'm going to flat out just be honest with you here. He was he was terrible yesterday. He was he was terrible. I think he I looked... Mean, I think that's a nice way to put it, really. I mean, I, mean, I, I think you, now there were a lot of reasons why we lost this game. But his play was a heavy factor contributing to this loss. There's no yeah, doubt if, about that. If he, if he had been, if he had played like he was, he's capable of this game. Is it's a completely different. If he game played like off. he's capable of it, when he, if he played like he does when he's on, we win that game by two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, think about it. The first two drives. We missed two touchdowns. Uh, he we misses did. the wide open where Mikolas got beat by a good five plus yep. yards, just overthrows him. And then in the very and next I can drive, live with that. Like people overthrow, and then he's got. I would obviously he needs to hit that, but like all quarterbacks overthrow a guy here and there. But it wasn't just that, you know. It was no, so much more I'm than that. Say the one thing I, I've been noticing, especially, is he. He just. I don't know if he's like the one he threw last week to Terry was a beautiful ball, and the one thing I noticed about that ball is he put enough air under that one to allow Terry to, to run under it. Yes. 
But and then the very next drive, you know, we're getting down there, we're running all over them, we're getting our yards, and then you know we get close. We're in when the red Holyfield zone. runs a dude over, yeah, runs a safety yeah, over, yeah. We get in the red zone, and I mean, if everyone gets mad that we didn't keep running the ball, well, all of a sudden it changed once we got in the red zone. Their defensive look changed, and on that third down, it killed us because Jake locked on to the right side and doesn't even look at a wide open Terry who runs slant routes to wide open. Okay, now I I would I would disagree slightly there. He Terry from what I saw. Terry was his first read. He was he looked he was looking at Terry first, and he he didn't think Terry was open. And he comes off that, and after he comes off of Terry, Terry slants and he's open. But Jake's eyes were off, you're right. Jake's eyes were on the right then. And I mean, I'm sitting there jumping up and down. He's open. He's open. He's screaming, 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 screaming. But he just wasn't looking at him. He, you're right. He wasn't looking at him. But I think he was looking there first and came and maybe he came off of Terry a beat too early. Well, and, and that's my thing. You know, Kirby mentioned it in the press conference. Um, you know, sometimes it was the routes running, but a lot of the time Jake did not make great reads. Uh, the one the the one thing that I and there were multiple things he that he did not do well. I mean, it just he he was not good. Like I, again, I will say he was a big he reason was, why we was, lost this game. He was either he wasn't he was either making the right he was not making the right read or he was too slow in his decision making. The one thing that stood out for me, like the one play, I mean, there were a lot of plays that like he just he wasn't good. I mean, I had to be real. I love the guy, but he was not good. But the one thing I think more than anything that that just almost made my head explode because this is not Jake Fromm. This is not what this guy does. Taking where we, we score the touchdown, right? Holyfield fights against the touchdown. We're driving again. We're at least in field goal range, right? We're down 10 at this point. Yeah, Nicole gives us a great punt return. Right, great punt return. We, we had the ball right, in, right. on like their 37-yard line, something like that. We're definitely in their 40. territory. I think they're 40 because it was 30. 40, okay, you're right, right. So, But in their territory, all we need there is a – I mean, if we need points – if we get at least a field goal, we've just scored 10 straight points. We've grabbed all momentum. We are a touchdown down, and we are rolling. We are in this thing. We may have this thing. The one thing that Jake Fromm could not do in that situation on third down is take a sack. He was out of the pocket. He had plenty of time to throw the ball. It wasn't like he was being hurt. Like, sure, they were chasing him down, but he had plenty of room to throw that football away. He was outside the pocket. It wasn't like you know they were dragging him down where he couldn't get the ball back to the line of scrimmage. He easily could have thrown that ball away, and he just ate the sack that simply cannot happen, right? No, and then that the that was that was it. When that when that happened, I said game over, done. Yeah, I'm it's not like that because right after that, you know, people are like, well, the defense gave up. They play right after that. The defense They've been on the field out. so long. Yeah, but de- and I think the defense was done. I mean, they were more or less like we just got a third down, another three and out, a chance to make it a one score game, and you did nothing with it. I think they were just, more, I think they were defeated at that point. I just, um, it, yeah. And I mentioned it to you after that play. Um, it's especially after that play that you look at Jake and. Um, you know, one thing we always talk about is his leadership. And after that, you, you see him get on the phone, and he just sits on the end of the bench, doesn't say anything to the rest of his players. And, you know, on the ride home, I think about that. I think that really just sent a message to everyone that, you know, kind of it was a defeated look kind of feeling. Yes, yeah. And from where I was sitting in the stadium, I couldn't, I couldn't see that. And I, I, I'm sure you're right. I just I couldn't see that. Um, and one play that really killed me about him was the – You there? You there? Yeah, sorry. Uh, one play that really killed me with him was the uh, where we, you know, we were our offensive coaches were desperate trying to make something happen, and you know we run the flea flicker, run it perfect, run it to perfection. Ah, yeah. And we don't, and he, I don't know what he was, what kind of, I mean, I don't know what he was doing on that throw. I mean, should Robertson have probably tra- caught it at the uh, at the sideline? Yes. Yeah, he should have caught it. If you throw it to the inside shoulder, it's probably a touchdown. Yeah, you just lob that up to the end zone, and Robertson's got an easy touchdown. There's no safety. There's no one over the top. I don't even know yeah. what kind of throw that and was. And people want to talk about play calling, and I'm not sitting here saying every play that Jim Cheney called was perfect. It wasn't. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't necessarily great, but that was a great call. It was there. It was there, and we just didn't hit it. Well, there was a lot of passing like and people are mad that we didn't uh, run the ball as much. But you and I coming into the game said we had to use the passing to open up the running because after that one drive where we ran down their throws, their defense changed, and with that, at that point was when we definitely needed to be able to throw, and we couldn't do it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get the play call here in just a second. I just want to finish on Fromm real fast and, and bringing Justin Fields in the equation. Again, like I, I think here's my thing with Fromm. Like the, the, taking the sack, I could not believe Jay Fromm took that sack. I could not believe it. I, sim- I mean, I was sitting there like, like, am I in a twilight zone? Jake Fromm, the guy with the high football IQ who studies film like like crazy, who's a great leader out there, does makes good decisions. These are all things that make him good, right? And then he sits yeah, there and takes that sack. Yeah, and so that's my frustration here is, okay, you're out there because 
the majority of the time you are very accurate. The guy's completing about seventy coming into the day about seventy percent of his passes. Uh, makes good decisions, gets us in the right plays. He's a guy that the moment's typically not too big for him. He doesn't get intimidated. You know, he's unflappable back there. That all that kind of stuff. But all that in, 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 in now this was in one game. It was an isolated game. But at least for one game, all of that was out the window. And if Jay Fromm is not doing those things, if he's not hitting balls down the field, if he's not being accurate, if he's not making good decisions, if he's if he's not staying poised, and and as and this hurts me to say, is I love the guy, but what good does it do to have him out there if he's not doing those things? Yeah, and see, because that's what he brings to the table. If he, if he's not bringing those things to the table, then why is he out there? Yeah, and as you're saying that, I want to. This is my last point on uh, from is you know we're comparing it to the Auburn game of last year. The biggest difference to this, that that game and this game was that game he had no chance to throw the ball. The offensive line couldn't block anyone, and he was getting pressured every second of the yeah. play. There's, uh, he was, yeah, against he, Auburn he, last year, I mean, he had no chance. Yeah, and this time, all right, he got sacked a few times, had a few pressures, but a lot of the time he had a good clean pocket for three to four seconds, and he was still not hitting on the balls. I don't think the pass protection was great, but there were plenty of times where he did have pockets, and he still wasn't. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there were times where he got pressured, yes, but there was a lot of times where he had clean pockets and time to throw, and he didn't do anything. I will, yeah, and and I'm a like one play that really killed me was that third down when we're on. We're on our own 10, and he throws that pick to Terry. He had time, a clean pocket, a clean thing to step into it, and he throws it low and behind him. Yeah. And now, on that and, on that ball, throwing it low and ahead of him, because that's, that's he's the only guy that can get that. It's fine. But he threw a little bit behind him and allowed the, allowed the, the DB to get in there and make that pick. Yeah, and, and see, that's my thing. I mean, you know, like you're mentioning on his thing is accuracy and things like that. Making good decisions, and he wasn't doing any yeah. of that. And when you have a clean pocket and no pressure on you, and that, or, you know, no one's bearing down on you, and you throw it behind him in the one place where you really couldn't afford to throw it, it especially on your own side of field, you're not setting your team up for success. Yeah, and I don't want to pile on too much here because I, I mean, he he knows it, guys. Like he knows he was bad. I mean, yeah, you, if you if you, you know the it. Video of it, if you watch the video of it, he, it looked he was he was having to fight back some emotions. He knows he was bad. Look and. and and I'm just being honest here in my assessment, saying he was not good. But I will state, I will also say this: Jake Fromm has been a very good football player for us for a year and a half now. This is now he had some fresh moments last year, uh, but and he hasn't been perfect this year. He's missed some throws. He hasn't always been completely sharp and in, 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 as, as sharp as we'd seen towards the end of last year. But this was his first, you know, at least this year, really horrible game. And I don't, I'm not, gonna, I'm not ready to give up on the guy because of one bad game. Now, as bad as this was. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Jake Fromm and say this guy can't get it done because we we can win with this guy. We have won with him, and I believe that we can still win with him going forward. Now he has to play better than he played. This cannot become a trend, right? This cannot yeah, become a trend. Yeah. We can win with him, and like you said, it's one back game. But if it becomes a trend, then you're right. Then you're like, now this happens if we go against Florida, and Florida's got a really good, really disruptive defense. If he goes out and does something like that again, Kentucky's defense is really good. And we see that again. Then I'm, you're gonna have to reevaluate and say what's going on here. But now quarterbacks have bad games. I'm not trying to make excuses. Like look at uh, uh, Will Greer la- 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 last night against uh, Iowa State. He was terrible. He was horrific. This is a guy's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Quarterbacks have bad games. He was really bad, but at one point you still look at his stats. He's nine to twelve for hundred yards. He was eleven. I think he ended up like eleven to fifteen for a hundred yards and a couple picks. Um, yeah. and maybe one touchdown there as well. But like, like, and I gotta say, Fromm from was barely, he was he was at forty seven percent, and most of those completions came at the end in garbage time. Yeah, and and, and yeah, he was bad. Like, I, I cannot defend his play yesterday. I cannot defend his play. What I will defend is what his track record to this point. Yeah, you, you, I agree. You can't completely write him off yet. But if it, like you said, if it becomes becomes happens more and more yeah. than just this time, yeah, I mean, then you're like, all right. You, I mean, the, the greatest of all time. Those, I mean, I mean, I'm not obviously not comparing him to. to Brady or anybody like that, but I'm just I'm just saying like the greatest players out there have bad games. You just have to recover from, you put it behind you, and that's what makes a good quarterback good. Is you can you can you have a short memory, you put that behind you, and you go out and you do what you're able, to, what you're capable of doing, what you've done your entire career. To it to this point, Jake Fromm has been really good for us. To yesterday, he was not. Uh, but again, like I right now, I'm gonna say that. Basically, evidence that we have right now, I can't say this is who Jake Fromm is because this is the anomaly. This is not what Jake Fromm has done his entire career. So. Right now, I'm going to say this is an isolated incident. Now, if it continues to happen, then it becomes more of a trend, and then we got a problem. we got to reevaluate. But right now, I'm going to say, based on what we've seen at this point in his career, as bad as this performance was, this is not typically what you see from Jake Fromm. He's got to recover, and he's got to get back on the back on the saddle here and, and play better against Florida. But uh, I'm not ready to write the guy off. Uh, now, let's bring Fields into the equation here. Uh, based on what we saw from Jake Fromm, do you, would you still say – 
that he gives us the best chance to win, right? We have about can I sit here? You definitely see in the running situations, like even when Fields came in, those teams knew we were going to run the ball, but it was still a numbers well, it's a, game. It's a numbers thing. It doesn't matter what they know what you're doing. Yeah, it numbers. still opened it up for Elijah because the numbers yeah. change. Yeah, so my thing with that question is I can't sit here and say with 100% certainty that Jake Fromm still gives us the best chance to win. But I also can't say with 100% certainty that he doesn't still give us the best chance to win because we have not seen enough of Fields run the entire offense to really know. Like all these people who say Fields, Fields doesn't give us a better chance to win. How do you know that? Maybe, maybe. I can't sit here and say he won't, but how do you know that? And I know the response is, well, how do you know he won't? And I'm, my response would be, I don't know that, that he won't give us a better chance. But I, right now, do I mean, do we trust the coaches based on what they see in, in, in meetings and practice that Fromm still gives us the best chance to win? Is it, is it just what we have to go on right now? Well, and I will say this. When Fields does come in, a lot of the time he is doing – We've talked about before. He does one read and takes off, and he doesn't do a great job as game and field. But and, you know, he, you know, maybe they're giving him more time in practice. But I, if that's his problem, I would like to see them try to give him more chances in the game to, you know, be yes. truly when the, when the bullets yes. are flying. Like it, like in this game uh, on Saturday, the game was over. What did it hurt to try to get him in there and just get him some reps? Late uh, in the game, him. yes. Now, like it, when we were still fighting in the you know, midway through the third quarter or so. Like, I don't I know if that's the right situation to throw Justin Fields in there. They that, went up 26 to 10. Yeah. Or 26 to 9. That's when you break them down. Yeah, yeah, at that point. But, yeah, I'm saying, like, but people are, you know, throughout the game calling for Justin Fields to come in. And I, I get it. You know, Fromm's not getting it done. You at least see what the young guy has, sure. But I don't know if that's the right situation to bring him in. Because what if it's a disaster for him? And what if he's not ready from a passing perspective going against that really good defense? Like I told you guys, I mean, borderline elite defense. And they, they were playing at elite level yesterday. Now, we helped them out a lot. But they were still playing at a really high level. Uh, what if he comes out and he and he wets the bed? And it just, it's not a good look. What does that do to his confidence? You know, like you know what I mean. Like, is that the right situation to bring him in? I mean, and maybe it is just to just to see if he can spark something. I don't know, but I can I I can understand the decision to not bring him in if you don't really feel comfortable that he is completely ready to run the entire offense against that level of a defense. I can understand that. Uh, what I would like to see is I'm kind of with you. I I'm okay right now with Justin Fields getting more time and when he gets more time to not, to basically be running the offense not just you know coming in there like and I'm gonna point I'm gonna give my wife some props she made a great point it's a really great point this whole bringing fields in for one play and then bring him off the field what does that do for us because when he think about when what would make him success what would make him really tough to defend is if he comes in the game you get you have a package for him or whatever it is that you're comfortable having him run and he's on the field from from the beginning of the series if you because if you bring him in on the field Midway through the drive for just one or two plays, what does LSU have the opportunity to do? They can sub, right? They can match personnel based on what they think we're going to do with Justin Fields in the game. So if we had him at the start of the drive and we're going and we're going with the tempo there, they cannot sub as long as we're not subbing, and that can make him a lot more effective. Uh, I think it's just a great. I mean, it's a it's a really good point because if you if you just sub him in like that, then they can match personnel, and then he's got the person on the field to defend him there. So I just I don't really. I'm not in love with how we're using Justin Fields. I think this guy's a weapon, and I think we need to use him as such. Uh, and I would like to see him get more time to actually run the offense to see. Because right, I'm not—I wouldn't be a fan right now of saying he's just going to start against Florida. I—I I, I think that Florida defense is too good to just throw him to the wolves like that. Would, I mean, are you with me there? Yeah, I agree. And so I, what I like to see is start is the rest of the year, couple of game, next couple of games, have him start getting a series here, a series there, give him an opportunity to actually run the entire offense. And that way he gets his feet under him. He starts to get a little more confidence. Our, our coaches can get a, get a better feel of what he does in a game situation. They build confidence in him. Our, or their confidence in him goes up. And then if he performs well, then maybe he earns more and more playing time. If he doesn't play well, then you scale it back. But I think he needs to see a little more time, run the entire offense, and not maybe just some of these, uh, you know, coming for one or two plays, run a zone read, run a quarterback power, whatever it might be, and then he's back off the field. So I just, I'm not sure that I'm in love with how, actually, I know I'm not in love with how we're using him. I think this guy's a weapon, and I, I don't know if we're using him uh, appropriately right now. I think there's a, a better way to use him once he comes into the game. And maybe use, even use him a little more extensively. Uh, let's talk about the pass protection a little bit. You mentioned a little bit that we were having some issues. That Yes, Fromm has had some troubles, but I I really thought the pass protection was below average on Saturday or am I was am I making too much of that I I just thought that they got way too much pressure on Jay Fromm I mean they got pressure but I don't know if it was as much like it, it, it was a crazy amount I think oh, two guys in particular that I actually that I had issues with Andrew Thomas got beat a couple times and I know yeah, he's still that's coming that's one who I really noticed I, I think his ankle may be yeah I mean Michael Divinity 
who's a good pass rusher. Andrew Thomas, he should not be beating Andrew Thomas. He should not be. Uh, and and he, he, there's a couple of plays that he just flat out whipped him, like just flew right by him. And, and Divinity's not an explosive pass rusher. He's not that type of guy. He's a good pass rusher, but he's not an explosive guy. And he just blew by Andrew Thomas a couple of times. And that, that shocked me. So that made me think at least to a degree maybe that ankle's not completely healed. Or, I mean, is that safe to say right now? Oh, that's exactly what I know. She was he's being beat on inside moves, which should not happen. Yeah, it was the inside move. There's one one particular house. I think it was a sack that that divinity guy released was a hit. Uh, he just blew by him on the outside too. It's just it wasn't a great game for Andrew Thomas. Cade Mays is really good as as a run block. He's a mauler in the run game. Right now, he's very much a work in progress in pass protection. Very much a work in progress. Uh, he gets overextended at times. Doesn't always have a good solid base. He keeps his he he anchors fairly well, but he again gets overextended. Uh, he kind of loses his balance to a degree. He's got a lot to work on there from uh, from a technique standpoint. When it comes to pass pro. I think that he has the ability to be a good pass protector. Right now, he's just young and as good as he is in the run game and, and, and really kind of moving the line of scrimmage there in pass protection. He has some work to do, especially at that guard position. So that's one thing that I, I'm not going to lie. I'm I, that concerned me. It, it wasn't necessarily a disaster in terms of protecting the quarterback, but it wasn't good either. And when you look at this floor team we've got coming up in two weeks, that front seven is freaking disruptive. And if we cannot protect Jake Fromm, uh, man, I don't know if we're going to win that football game. And that is a matchup problem right now. We have got to get better. We've got, I mean, And hopefully with a week off here, Thomas will be able to get healed up a little bit. We'll see if, if Ben can be healthy for that game. I mean, there's an outside shot potentially, but I don't know if I'd count that to this point. Uh, but I, that's, that was one thing that I, it was frustrating there. And, and part of it was po- also because we got behind, so we had to start throwing the ball a little bit more. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Um, you mentioned play con there for a few minutes, uh, for a couple seconds there. Let's, let's take it out a little bit here. How would you assess Jim Chaney's performance as an offensive coordinator in this game? Um, you know, it wasn't his best game, but I honestly also don't believe it was his worst game. Um, you know, sometimes, like I said, the lack of execution makes a coach look terrible. It, 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 honestly, a lot of this reminded me of what we saw two years ago in his first year as offense coordinator, where we just we couldn't block, we couldn't protect, we couldn't run, couldn't do anything. You know, we couldn't catch balls, we couldn't complete balls on the field, and it's like, what is a man supposed to do? Like, we're just not executing. Yeah, and I, and like I felt a, that way like, yesterday. Like that flea flicker draws up a beautiful, beautiful. play. Should have been a touchdown dropped. Um, you know, the first the, drive. It was a great uh, scripted drive. Yeah, and Nicole, yeah, Nicole Burns got five yards. We just didn't. We and when before that, we also had, I mean, Fromm hits, hits Nod across the middle for a big gain, gets about the 50-yard line, and you have two straight drops. That should have been catches, drops, right? I mean, that, and that wasn't Fromm's fault. Now, the, pl- plenty, plenty of that. What there are plenty of things that were Fromm's fault. That was not. He misses. Then he misses Miko down the sideline. Misses that throw. So that first drive was there. We were rolling, and we just didn't. We didn't convert. You know. And then the second drive, we'll run down their throat, and we just get stalled out. And then you, you don't get any points because of the fake field goal. And and I, I look at, again. Anytime you talk about play calling, is any coach going to call a perfect game? No, there's never been a perfect game called ever in the history of football. No, no one goes bats a thousand when you're calling when you're calling play. Sometimes the other guys just get it right. You know, they just get it right on defense, whatever it is. Uh, I thought he was. I don't think he was. I'm not gonna say he called a great game, but I don't think it was a terrible game. Uh, I thought he threw the ball on first down. He was trying to throw the ball on first down more, uh, which is what we said coming to the game. We had to do. This team was too good for us just to line up on. Every first single first down, try to run it down their throats. It was not going to happen consistently. We had to kind of mix and match, and we had to or mix it up there and keep them off balance. And we tried to do that. We just we weren't executing. We, you know, one play would be from and miss a guy. Another play would be a receiver runs the wrong route and he's not there. Another play would be a receiver drops the ball. Another play would be the the offensive line can't protect him. So it's it, it's just a comedy of errors from all over the from all these different places. And again, sure he didn't call it a perfect game, but he put us in position to make plays and we didn't make them. You know. Um, at least that's how I see it on this now. And I could be wrong. I, I know that you guys call me a, a Jim Chaney apologist too. I know I get called a from apologist, which is fine. Uh, but I, I just, when I look at what we did from a play calling perspective, I don't think that was necessarily the problem. The only problem I would, what I, the, the issue I have with our coaches when, when I have an issue with them is personnel usage. It's not so much play calling. It's how we use our personnel. Elijah Holyfield had seven freaking carries yesterday. I have a, I do have a problem with that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, especially because he was, he was the most effective. Eight yards a carry, but he only got seven yards or seven carries. Eight yards a carry, eight yards a carry, man. Seven carries in that game. And and early in the game, 
He was bowling over people. And that touchdown run, yeah, the line isn't, you know, they did a nice job, but he fought for that touchdown. I mean, he just flat out wanted that touchdown. He fought for it. He just ran hard and got in the end zone. In my opinion, I think Elijah Holyfield needs 15 to 20 carries a game. Is that too much for him right now? No, not at all. I think him and Swift should get a majority of the carries anyways. I think I think Holyfield right now has, has established himself as that guy right now. Uh, I think he can get 15 to 20 carries a game, and then I think you can get Swift somewhere between 10 to 15 carries a game. I think those guys need 30 to 40 carries combined a game. Somewhere in that range. 30 to 40 carries combined a game. And I think what Swift had 12, and Holyfield had 7. 19 carries between those guys. Now, I know we got behind, and then we had to alter our game plan to a degree. I understand that. But still, when we run and run the football, I thought we had a, a good amount of success, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think uh, Swift was right around five-ish yards per carry. Holyfield's eight yards per carry. They just only got nineteen yards or nineteen carries combined. That again, I know a part of that is, is you, know, you get behind, you're trying to come back. But I don't think that we were so far out of this game that we couldn't still run the football. And I think we got away from that a little too much, especially in the second quarter, early parts of the third quarter. When we got back to it. We had success doing it. So for me, I, I say it's just personal usage, who you're getting the ball, how you're getting them the ball. James Cook's a guy that I think's an, a, 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 and I, don't, I think we can use him in certain ways as a weapon, that, and we're just not really finding ways to give him the ball. Miko Hardman, early in the season, we were finding ways to get him the ball, right, in space to make plays. Think about that South Carolina game, you know? But we haven't seen much of that. Like, now, I know he's, getting a, he's drawing a lot more attention from opposing defenses, but there are other ways to get the football in this guy's hands, and we're not doing that. So to me, it's just personnel usage, how we are using guys, who we're using in certain situations, not so much the individual play calls themselves. And I guess play calling factors into that, into that a little bit of how you use guys. But I just to me, that's, that's my biggest concern is just finding ways to get playmakers the ball, how we're using Justin Fields, and those kinds of things. To me, that's where I potentially have an issue. Um, but let's talk about Kirby Smart here for a second. This is for now. This is this is year three for Kirby. This is the third year in a row, and each of his first th- three years as the head football coach at the University of Georgia. So far, we've had at least one absolute no-show blowout road loss. We had Ole Miss the first year, we had Auburn last year, and we have. LSU this year. Now, all three teams were good teams when we played them. Ole Miss kind of fell off after uh, Chad Kelly got hurt, but they were good when we played them. So, are you concerned about this trend that we saw? Or is this a trend? Or is it just what happens in college football? But the fact that we've gone on the road at least once in his first three years, and maybe you can throw out the first years. We just, you know, it was a work in progress, establishing his culture that first year, but still, the fact remains three years in, at least one big road loss to a good team. I mean, blowout road loss. Does that concern you at all? I think it, 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 it could concern you some but I think some of it has to fall on the players like one of the biggest things is the coaches can only do so much for the players the players have to go out there and execute they have to be the leaders on the field and sometimes I think it really makes the players themselves look at themselves in the mirror and say you know what's going on like last year uh, after this Auburn after the Auburn game last year when we made the change to put Ben Cleveland in uh, on the offensive line and that really changed things um, you know sometimes you know the coach it makes everyone look in the mirrors and see you know we aren't who we thought we are so how you respond is more important what you're saying essentially well, I think and we've done a good job of that you know it sucks that we lost it sucks that we got blown out and everything but like Kirby said you know everything's still out there that we can go out that you know that we want to accomplish but I think we we knew this team was flawed but we've been surviving and I think more than anything this is going to force us to look in the mirror and I would be shocked um, when we line up against Florida if there's uh, some personnel changes All right, but, and you're right is anyone really surprised like that that we lost like this or we lost this team because think about it, like We've been saying for weeks. How many times have we been saying you can't like – we've come back to these recap shows. You can't do those things against good teams and expect to win, right? We, we've said that each of the last three to four weeks. And here we finally played a good team on the road, and what we said just turned out to be true. You can't get away with those stupid things and the, the lack of execution and expect to be good teams. You can get away with it against Vanderbilt, against Tennessee, uh, against Missouri to a lesser degree. But when you play LSU on the road and when they're coming off a loss to Florida like that and their backs against the wall, you can't get away with it. You know that sloppy play just—it you simply cannot get away with it in that situation. So, I don't know. I, I don't know how to think about this because yes, the players do have to go out and execute. But whose job is it to get the players ready to execute? Well, I, and I get that, but my thing is—I mean, compl- compl- where these te- the way this team practices, the way this team comes—you know—trains, watches films, the way they come prepared has changed drastically compared oh, no to the fire team. So it, it, here's my thing. If they can do it for certain games and not certain, you know, it, it's not like he doesn't 
push them as hard as he can. Right. You see him the whole game coaching as hard as he can. He takes, sure. takes every moment as a coaching experience. So I don't know how you can – I mean, maybe you can say, it, it, you know, it's a bad thing that we want to change. You know, we don't want that to become normal. But realistically, I mean – I just don't know how to explain it because I, I mean, I think Kirby Smart has been a, he not thing I know he has been a revelation for this program. He's incredible, but I have a hard time explaining this once a year so far where we just completely don't show up on the road, and it, it's so it's I, I, so I it's an anomaly of, compared I to the rest of the part year. Of it is he's still trying to change the climate? Realistically, when you look at some of these mistakes, it's one of these things that like these players from the past, have, have, you know, they've gotten used to like when one thing goes bad, it snowballs. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and look, I, 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 I mean, and, I'm not trying to fault Kirby. I just talked about this all year too, though. The lack of leadership really came into play. That was my next thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and, but, and you see him; he's always out there trying to. He's begging people, even in the media, for leaders to step up. I mean, he can only do so much to, to push people to become leaders. Absolutely. And look, teams have bad games, and 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 this. I mean, look at Ohio State last year; they get they get left out of the playoff because they got blown out at Iowa. And Iowa was average last year. So it's not like we're alone. I'm not trying to make excuses, but I'm just I'm trying to put this in context. We're not the only team that, that this happens to every now and then. What matters is how we respond. And we responded like champs last year. Uh, will, we, will that happen this year? We're going to find out. But I, I still trust Kirby. Right? I mean, as bad as this loss was, has this, sh- has this shaken your faith in Kirby Smart at all? No, because I, the one thing that – like last year you mentioned the way we responded. Yeah, I, I still have faith in this guy. And look, man – Let's just be real. There are deficiencies on this football team, and Kirby yeah, knows and it. You and I have been masking, talking about it all year. They've been masking it as best as they can. And here's the thing, though. This is going to be our worst team for the next five to six years easily. And yeah. We've been, and, we, and we finally got exposed for our weaknesses. I mean, it, it's, it's as simple as that. Inside linebacker play has been a huge weakness. The one we, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, especially on the defense, the one that I was – most disappointed in was the DBs. I thought they played like outside of DeAndre Baker. Our DBs played like trash. Yeah, let's talk about the defense in general here. Uh, obviously, bring the DBs in here. Overall, as a defensive performance, what do you make? Of, I mean, we give up what thirty six points, but a couple that was tacked on late and you know turnovers. What do you make of the overall defensive performance in this game? The first three quarters, especially, um, you know, I saw a bit, but don't break defense that at least played with pride. You know, they gave up yards, but they bowed their neck, especially yeah. when they were put in really bad situations. They stayed on the field most of the game, and they did. I mean, you know, they did their best. I mean, realistically, they did, they didn't lose us the game. They, they gave us a chance. They kept us in the game. Honestly, like I, like I, you know, mentioned earlier, from throwing that pick on our own twenty. What oh. did they do? They hold, they hold with the fumble. Oh. They, they hold him for a field goal. Um, and the, one of the biggest things too, also, is uh, when all right. So they make a big mistake and let out the bit. The, we leave the wide receiver open. He gets down to what our ten. They bow their necks and, and hold him to a field goal. That you know they made they got stops or you know held him to. They hold him to what five field goals? Uh, right. I mean through. Uh, in the first the first half, especially, I mean, they, they got one touchdown and three field goals. It yeah. could have been a lot worse than that. They, I mean, when we made our little mini comeback there for a minute there, when we when Holyfield gets a touchdown, when we get we get the stop, we get the the, the great punt return by Miko getting their territory. We, we move the ball a little bit there, and then we have the sack. Well, whatever. Like the fact that we were still in that game at that point is a testament to the defense because they were on the offense could not get anything going in the first half after the first two drives. They're on the field the entire first half after that point. And we're but when they're like you're right you're you're right they were moving the ball at times and they, they moved the ball too well uh, especially had too many big plays against us they shouldn't be those the big plays should never have happened but still like when we got down the red zone we were able to bow our neck and force field goals and that that can help you win football games you know just keep you in the game and give you a fighting chance and we had a fighting chance and the offense at the end of the day just just didn't have it just couldn't get it done um, but there were some. There were some issues defensively. Uh, you, you mentioned the DBs. Talk about the DBs there for a minute. Um, you know, uh, Tyson, Tyson Campbell, Campbell was being they they were picking on Tyson Campbell. That way yeah, you could tell that was their game plan. Yeah, they they definitely were. We knew all year teams were going to attack him, and this is the you know the one time teams really stayed on attacking him, and he got exposed. And I also got to say one person that didn't help that situation. You know, um, I felt like uh, Richard LeCount, especially one play that really sticks out in my mind. Was in the fourth quarter after you know where Fromm takes a sack. Yeah, he's we, playing we, deep uh, middle. We punt, yeah, and he he doesn't get over there. And then and not only that, I felt like he made a lame attempt at going for the ball. I think it was a bad angle. I think if he takes the right angle, he can make a play on that ball. Well, not only that, but he's also I mean he's known as a headhunter. And in that situation, just knock the hell out of the guy. Hit him. Well, with I think the that's chest. where targeting comes in. I, no, I think I think it's, that that's affected how how safeties play the game now. Clearly, well, I know what I'm saying at least at least. Make a better attempt. I thought it was a lame attempt. I thought he took a very poor angle of the ball. 
yeah, and he got over there late too to begin with. Yeah. And you know, and he, and also when you think about it, that um, and I think it's the second quarter. No, it's at the end of the first quarter, and they made that big run that set up their first touchdown. I, I think it was Richard who came up and missed a tackle on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and that's what Jr. had to chase him back down from behind. Richard and and Jr. both have been terrible at tackling the last couple weeks. Jr. came in for it. and one play in particular in the second quarter, he came in for a big hit, and the guy spins right past him. They're well, they're incon- they're, they're, they've been inconsistently because they make they're making some of those tackles in space. They're just not they're just missing some too, uh, which and, is and, not the well, case yeah, early in the season. It feels like if they're going for big hits, keeping their heads down, and the guys are going right by. Them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back to Campbell, uh, here's the thing with Campbell. I I thought he was in good position, honestly, for most of the game. He, the issue he's having right now is just making a play on the ball. Yeah, like, finding it and making the play. Like, yeah, I mean, they, were, they hit, a, hit a back shoulder or two, and I'm like, it wasn't like they were just flat out burning Tyson Campbell. I mean, he's no, too good an athlete plays, for that. The only two plays where he truly got burned was the uh, was the breakdown, really. Well, I, I, here's what I – I need to go back and watch this again. Uh, and I haven't really had a chance because I've been driving home today. But watching it there in person, to me what that was was cover three. Uh, because you had we had a safety in the middle of the field – and if you look at the other side of the field, the corner was dropping into deep third. I think that Tyson Campbell was supposed to be dropping in deep third. They look like he might have potentially been playing cover two. I think he was playing the wrong coverage there, and that's what the bust was. Uh, and that's and with a with a true freshman at, at corner on the road like that, things like that are gonna happen. It's not it's never okay, but you have to understand things like that are gonna happen. You're gonna take your bumps with a guy like that. Uh, but just at first glance, watching near the stands, it looked like cover three to me, and that he was playing the wrong coverage. Everyone else, like, everyone else, looked like they were playing cover three. And he yeah, wasn't. Complete miscommunication by him. Yeah. And then the only t- other time was the one where I was talking about Richard not making a great play on the ball. He just got absolutely burned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it wasn't it, it wasn't great. I mean, DeAndre Baker is a flat out All American. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he shuts down the side of the field every single one game. catch, and the guy just getting yards after that. I mean, and, and they they tried they tried to take a couple shots at him. They did. They didn't shy away from him, but it, it to no avail. I mean, it just wasn't happening. Uh, and then you know, then late in the game, it's like they just I, you could see Burrow just. Every pass, John Mackey's just like eyeing Tyson Campbell, and I think Campbell's going to be really, really, really good for us. He's just young, like make, learning to make plays in the ball. That's something that will come with time, with, with more coaching and more reps. But the good thing is he's there in position to make plays. He's just got to start making those plays, um, and I think that's something that that he will start to do here as he gets more time. Uh, I thought they had too much success running the football. Uh, what do you think? Um, they did. The one thing that was at least nice to see is it was uh, for uh, you know until that Joe Burrow's run at the end. A lot of times it wasn't on getting on the edge, where one of our biggest problems have been holding, uh, you know, setting the edge. For me, it was all about run fits. We were undisciplined in our run fits. We were undisciplined in, in some of the well, runs. I, I would say one thing they were really smart with, you know, we were talking about how they went hurry up. A lot of the time when they got we were out of position, the, well, yeah, when they well, when they would get Juwan Taylor on the field, when we when they bring him and, and Tay in at times to stop oh passing God. situations, they all of a sudden if they got the first down, they go hurry up and run right at. Them. But there are still plenty of times that 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 you have Juwan Taylor in there at the same time with Tay Crowd on early downs. I thought we learned for our lesson last week that 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 Juwan Taylor is not need to be in on early downs. Really like, Some of those fourth down and one plays that, that they were going for, you have both those guys in the game at the same time. Why? Why? I know they're going hurry up, and I, I, I get that. But, again, I, I thought we learned our lesson last week against Vanderbilt that Juwan Taylor does not need to be in the game on early downs. He's a third down linebacker right now. It's to the point. I, w- I don't even want him in the game. I'd rather have Tay as the only linebacker in there when we go in the passing situations. I, I would rather just Juwan not even be on the field. I think Tay's getting better the more reps he gets, but he's still just not – It's. We're just not good enough at inside linebacker. It's that simple. Like I, I've been saying it since preseason, and it, and I didn't want to be right about this. I was concerned about it coming this season, and was I wrong about this? I mean, I'm not right about everything. Was I wrong about this? No, we both said it wasn't. This is, it's just not good enough. And here's the thing. I think the, these next two weeks, I would not be shocked if for the next two weeks you see possibly the freshmen so getting a lot you, of reps hey, next two weeks. By weeks, that's when you start working some of this stuff in. You start yeah, getting guys ready. Well, like last year, you know, I mentioned how we looked ourselves in the mirror and made some personnel changes. I, right now, we have two weeks to, to make some changes, to find something else that works. And yeah. I would not be shocked if they're getting a lot of these first-team reps for the next two weeks just to see if they can do right. it. Right. And I, I want to give a shout-out to somebody. I can't honestly do it off the top of my head. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Maybe David? I can't remember. It was somebody. So if it's not if it's David, uh, congrats on this. It was a great call, man. If it wasn't David, I'm sorry if I got your name wrong. I just can't remember who it was. I was there's a lot of people sending tweets to us after the game. Uh, but it was a really great point, so I can't take credit for this, but it's a great point. Uh, if we're okay with rolling with Tyson Campbell out there and taking some bumps and bruises along the way with him, right, as a true freshman, 
why are we not okay rolling with the more talented inside linebackers and Quay Walker and Channing Tindall and taking some bumps and bruises on the way and letting them kind of learn to figure it out? I agree, and I think that's what we're really going to – we're going to find something out these next two weeks. I think it's a great point. I really do because, I mean, we all know that Campbell is going to be really, really good. He just needs more reps and more time and more coaching and more development. He's going to be really good. We We can see the flashes, but he's still a work in progress. He's so young. Well, and he probably is the best that we have right now at that position because we just don't have anybody else that's really ready to go out there and play that position. Well, can you not say the exact same thing at inside linebacker? 100%. I think you absolutely can. And, yeah, if we put those guys in there, are they going to blow some assignments? Absolutely, they're going to. Well, uh, I mean, miscommunication, sure, but they are, they, they're, they're, we're not, right now we're just not good enough with the guys that we have to win a championship. No, and here's the thing, when Juwan's going in there, it's not like he's in there for, you know, the entire game. He's only in there for plays at a time. So why cannot you, why can't you trust, you know, what what does it hurt to have those freshmen for those couple plays and pull them out and put Rice and then back in and and then coach them up on the sidelines for a second? And I'm not saying that that Tyndall and Quay Walker need to start against Florida. I'm just saying they need to start playing more, and maybe by the end of the season, they'll have enough playing time to where you feel comfortable with them. Now Now you can roll with them. Uh, because I'm, again, I'm just saying, like when we play, Al- if, if if we get to the Atlanta, because right now that's a big if still. I mean, Florida is looking much better than a lot of people thought. Kentucky's still going to be a, a tough game there in in Lexington. It's got Auburn, it was not looking good, but still going to be a tough game. Like we got to get there. But if we get there, are we good enough at inside linebacker to beat them? God no, it's not. Even no, close. There's, it's not. It's not close. And I, and, I, and maybe we still won't be with Quay Walker and Channing Tindall, but we don't know until we find out, right? Like. No. At this point, like they they just and it's it's not like a one week thing. I know some people say, "Well, can't you say, things, say the same thing about Jake Fromm? Like he played so bad. We're not, you know, why not just see what Fields gets?" But Fromm has still been good for the most part. Our inside linebackers have just not really been particularly good all year. Like it's not a one game isolated thing. It's been like a, a seven game thing right now. We're just not good enough there. And God bless them, man. Like, I hate I hate criticizing your guys like that. But I I'm just trying to be as objective as possible. They play hard. They do everything they they're, they're asked to do, but. I just don't know if they're championship caliber linebackers right now. And I hope that they, they turn it on and prove me wrong, but it hasn't happened yet. Someone like Juwan Taylor wouldn't even start on Vanderbilt. That's a great question. Like, who else, Where else is Juwan Taylor going to start in the, in the SEC right now? I really don't know. I really don't know. Maybe Ole Miss. Ole Miss is, is ter- maybe Ole Miss. Ole Miss is terrible defensively. Maybe Arkansas. Um, but what other contender was he going to start for? Zero. 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 Well, what other contender would any of our inside linebackers start with, start on? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe Monty Rice, maybe. Uh, I don't know, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I just any contender that has a chance to win the title this year or still is still in contention. I, I don't know that our inside linebackers are better than any of them, and that's not like that's just not okay. That's not good enough. And it's like we said last week. A big part of this, I think, is is the fact that as of right now. The, the sophomore linebackers we have, uh, what was it? The, was it the 17 class or 16 class? 17. Bryce, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Hunter and Nate McBride just haven't developed to this point. Now, maybe they will. I'm not going to give up on them yet. But right now, they haven't developed, and they're, and they're sophomores. Like, and we need help in a bad way to inside linebacker. And right now, those two guys have been misses to this point. Now, that doesn't mean they will be for their entire career, but at this point, they just haven't gotten ready quick enough. And that's hurting us. I don't think the plan was for Tate Crowder or Juwan Taylor to ever really have to play meaningful snaps for us. I really don't think that was ever the plan. But. When guys don't pan out as quickly as you hope, then that's what you're stuck with. And it's not Jawan's fault. It's not Tay's fault. These guys play hard. It's just right now they're just not getting the job done like they need to. Not against good teams. It's just unfortunate. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, there were some good things defensively too. I, I think Jordan Davis saw more playing time than he ever has, right? Yeah, I thought he did really well. I thought Jordan – Jordan Davis is going to be a monster for us. Like this dude – like, oh my God. Like he, he is – talk about a revelation – like this guy is what we need on the interior, and the more playing time he gets, the more reps he gets, the better he's going to get. I mean, you. I think the, the, over the last three weeks, he started. I, we saw him a little bit in the first half against Tennessee, not much, but a little bit. A lot more against Vanderbilt, and a lot more against LSU. At least from my my you know, unscientific count there, watching it live. And on one of those fourth down plays, I thought he had the guy stopped short. I thought he did uh, from where I was sitting. But he, he made that play, and I, I think he's he's going to be very good. He's going to continue to progress and get better for us. And I do think by the end of the season, as we get down to, to crunch time, which is getting close here, if he continues to progress, our defensive line could potentially be a different animal. 
Now the linebacker situation's got to get fixed. Because right now that's just not. And like those, the linebackers are missing tackles left and right. Where the D line was doing their job, the linebackers, as you know, has been accustomed, yeah. just weren't stepping in. Well, they 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 were slow. They're they're still slow. Some of them, especially Juwan Taylor, slow to read. Uh, when they when they they don't fill the holes consistently. They don't the run fits aren't always where they need to be. And then if they are in the hole, they're not making tackles consistently. It's just they're not. not other than like Monty Rice, we don't really have a knockback inside linebacker. Juwan's too small. Tay's still working on all that. Just not good enough. So I, 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 I'm with you. I think on the bye, during this bye week, I would really like to try to see us work on getting some of these young guys ready to play inside the linebacker. Just, to, just to give them some snaps to see what they can do, and 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 just, just give them, throw them out there and see. If it doesn't work, then all right. But like right now, I just we're just not good enough there. We need to, we need to just try something and see what those guys are going to do. Um, one thing we didn't mention. I'm just kind of go back here with the play calling. I, we, we would be remiss if we didn't at least touch on this. The fake field goal call in the first half. Um, how do you feel about that? You good with it? Um, no, it sucked that it didn't work, but I, I was actually kind of like seeing us play to win. Instead we were of hunting, playing. man. We were hunting. Yeah. I don't have a problem. I know that now late in the game you're sitting there, God, I really would love to have those three points. I understand that. But if you're going to give Coach Orgeron credit for playing aggressive and going for all those fourth downs, how can you not give Kirby Smart the same credit? Now his didn't work out, but he was being aggressive just like Coach O was, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to give Coach O credit for playing to win, then you got to give Kirby credit for playing to win too. Now his didn't work out, so if it doesn't work out, like Kirby said in the post game press conference, it's always going to be a bad call, sure. But we scouted it out. I mean, we don't just willy nilly call junk. You see something on film, and uh, it just so happened on this particular play, they showed that look and they backed out at the last second, and it just it didn't work. It sucked. It didn't, that didn't work. But I don't really have a problem with calling that play there. Now the other flip side of that might be, well, you know, you're playing, it's probably gonna be a tight. You would think it'd be a tight game. Two teams are very similar. Pulling, play good defense, run the football, and all that. So maybe three points this game matters. And I get all that, but I don't have a problem with us hunting there yeah, and, and being aggressive. Trying to say that, that that lost us the game. No, that did hell not no, it didn't lose us the game. Come on, man. No, I mean, did it help? No, but I, again, I don't have a problem. We were playing to win. We were trying to get some momentum. They were trying to. To, to get that lead there. I, I'm okay with it. Uh, I would obviously would have wished it would have worked, but I'm okay with it. Um, and just to kind of wrap up here, man, because um, I, I, mean, I don't want to, it's hard for me to even talk about. I hate, I just hate losing, man. Hate it. Hurts. Sucks. Um, but you said it earlier. The first thing I said walking back from the stadium um, last night to my wife was, this sucks, but I've always said, I said coming into this game, uh, the Florida, no matter what happened in this LSU game, the Florida and Kentucky games the next two week, next well, I guess two out of the next three weeks for the bye week, those games, both of those games, are infinitely more important to our future this season than this game against LSU. Are you with me there? Hundred percent. Because even if we, even if we, whether win or lose LSU, we had to beat Florida and we have to beat Kentucky. If we lose one of those games, we don't go to Atlanta. It's it's going to be that simple. So we have to, whether we won or lost yesterday, we have to beat Florida and we have to beat Kentucky. Uh, and that would whether it just didn't matter whether we won or lost that game. Now, obviously, we want we want to win that football game. You don't want to lose any games. But Florida coming with one loss, if we lose to the even if we beat LSU, we lose to Florida. They have the tiebreak on us there. Uh, same thing with Kentucky. So we've just we've got to win these games. Everything that we need to do is still out in front of us. You said it. Like all our 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 chance to win the East and get into Atlanta is still there in front of us. We've got to get better. We've got to get better. We've got to keep improving. Hopefully the bye week helps us get healthy and we can focus on things. Maybe that now we can kind of get the players' attention more and whatever it might be. And now our back's against the walls. So we can come out hungry against Florida. Maybe the mentality changes. I don't know. But we can still accomplish everything we want to accomplish. Now, are we good enough? We'll get to that here in a second. But if we beat Florida, we beat Kentucky, we've got, we're going to Atlanta. Uh, and if we get to Atlanta, as good as Bama is in a one-game setting – you never know what's going to happen, man. Like, of course, it wouldn't be the favorite there, but somebody, you know, turnovers, somebody gets hurt, whatever might happen. Crazy things happen in a one-game setting. It, it, it just does. It happens. That's how upsets happen. They happen every week in college football. Um, but we have an opportunity to still go out there and win the East and get in that title game and potentially and play for play for a championship. So we just got to recover, man. It's all about how we respond. But last question here, Kurt. After yesterday, how do you feel about our chances to actually get to Atlanta at this point? I still think it's very possible. I mean, Florida is good. They're better than what everyone thinks we are, or thought they would be, but they still give up 27 points to Bandy. Um, Florida is good, but how good is – I mean, we're going to get into this when we, when we preview Florida. They, Yeah, they, they beat down Tennessee, but if you, if you go look beyond the score of that game, I mean, Tennessee turned the ball over six times. Florida didn't really dominate that game other than the fact that Tennessee gifted them six turnovers. 
Um, now they beat LSU, uh, but they, but they did get LSU at home there. And, and as good as an LSU in this game against us, LSU played really clean, right? It's what we said coming this game. LSU is a like Kentucky in the fact that they have to, to win. They have to play a really good game, a really clean game. Can't turn the football over. Win the turnover battle. Win special teams. Hit plays when they're there, and they can win games. And they're tough to beat. They do that, and they did all those things against us. Uh, I still say that we're the more we have, we have a more talented team than LSU, and if we played them again on a neutral site, I think we would beat them. Uh, but in that one game setting, we played about as poorly as we could on offense, and they played really well, and they didn't turn the football. I've got to give them credit; they played better than us on that ga- on that one in that one game, that one setting. I still think we have more overall talent. If we played them again, I'd feel good about our chances, but it didn't matter in that one game they beat us. But I think Florida's, they are good. Uh, one thing that concerns me about that Florida game, and as I said this earlier, is the matchup of their front seven versus our offensive line in pass protection. They are they have become a very disruptive front, and I think we've shown some vulnerabilities in pass protection. That concerns me a little bit there. Uh, against Kentucky, one of the things that we're having trouble with right now is stopping the run consistently. And what does Kentucky do? They run the football really well. Now, they're far more one-dimensional than LSU is. Now, LSU's not a great passing offense, but they are, they are night and day different than what Kentucky's able to do. Uh, but I, I, look, we still have a chance. Man. Basically, we have to win these next two games. If we win these two games, we're going to Atlanta. It's going to be tough. Uh, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, man, we look so bad against uh, LSU that now we have no chance. I'm, I'm not going to freak out and, and go that route because I, I know it's an old cliche, but I 100% buy into this. You're never as good as you look on your best day, and you're never as bad as you look on your worst day. You're somewhere in between. We are not the team that we showed yesterday, right? Like That's not who we are. Uh, we haven't really played to the standard we want, that we expect of our program to this year. We, I, don't, I really don't think we've played our best game this year. Like, and played to that standard, but we played far below that, far more below that standard than we have at any point this year. And that right now, this this is the anomaly. We'll we'll see if we can get this straightened out. So I look, we go into Florida, we go to Jacksonville, we win that game, uh, and then if we go into Kentucky and win that game, we're going to Atlanta. So yeah, I I, I would still say we'll probably be the favorite in both those games. We have a very good shot to get to Atlanta. We just got to get better. We got to shore up some of those those areas. We've had some inconsistencies. Fromm's got to get better. We got to find ways to get the balls to our playmakers a little bit more consistent. We got to figure out some of the run defense issues. Um, but I still think we have a legit shot. The season is not lost. It sucks. We all are hurting right now. But and it sucks about to go into a bye week right now and have to wait two weeks to try to get this taste out of our mouth. But we got a shot, man. We'll be fine. And I trust in Kirby right now to get this team back on track. But um, all right, Kirby, anything else on this one, man? That's about it. All right, guys. Uh, that does it for us here today on the Glory UJ podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the game. We know a lot of you already uh, uh, sent some stuff to us. Uh, since it's a bye week, we're going we're gonna to scale back. have two shows this week, and then we'll have you guys uh, – next week we'll have you guys back on our schedule getting ready for the Florida game. We're going to try to do something a little different later this week, maybe have like a midweek superlative – or midseason superlative type show, just something a little different here for the bye week. So check back later for that on Podbean. Uh, again, if you're not subscribed to us on Podbean and you want access to all of our shows, just go to Podbean today. You can check us out on our Twitter account, at Glory underscore UGA. Click on the link there in our profile. It'll take you right to our page. You can subscribe. It's quick, easy, only $2 a month. You get access to all of our content for the rest of the season. But uh, thanks for listening. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. As always, go dogs.